Matthew and I want to share very quickly something that's relevant, we hope. It'll touch your hearts. But it's a little bit of a corporate and a call to the city. But uh, we've been talking about the Lord's Prayer and prayer in the city. We've been working on this for five years in the state. And there's really some fun pieces coming together. We have time to put together. But we're like getting this puzzle put together that God's been putting together for years. And Matthew's carried multiple of those pieces. And so I just want him to share his heart. Yeah, so just going to share quick. And, and even as I share this, I, I think when I would, would share this in the past, like I would share this story and feel maybe like, oh, wow, we get to do all this. And now I think there's more weakness in it. And you realize, wow, the Lord entrusted in a vision in the middle of lots of mixture in a heart. So, like, I'm going to share, like, one of the more profound encounters I had with the Lord. But I, even as I live it out, I'm just saying I come with, like, lots of weakness in it, lots of brokenness. And yet, it's like the Lord gave this vision. So I'm going to share, share some of that. So um, we did a church plant down in Oaklawn in, in our 20s. Um, Angie's mom died in 2007, and then my brother died in 2008. And we were already burned out. And then really went on this time of wilderness with the Lord for four or five years of trying to figure out what we were about, who were we, and all. And in that, really partnered with lots of lies of weakness, feeling like would never do anything. And felt like the Lord had to, had to really strip me of calling, strip me of places where I had put my identity. So out of that, um, got really hungry for the presence of God. And so in 2014, kind of went on a length, lengthy juice fast. And, and in that, then I had, had what I call an encounter with the Lord. And Sam, we were talking about that. Like, what was it? It wasn't that I saw, like, it wasn't this vision that I saw. But it came as I had been, every day was experiencing his presence inwardly. Um, when it comes on me, it, it's often a burning situ- sensation. So my heart was burning. I, uh, trying to explain that. And it was day after day I was feeling that after the fast. But then in... In April, it was about 11.30 at night, and suddenly, like, again, trying to describe it, it was a heightened awareness of his presence that lasted really for about six to seven days. I stayed up all night that first night, Thursday, and then I I would sleep a little bit at a time. Um, Maybe the way I was trying to picture it was like if Moses went up the mountain. I was not in a physical mountain, but it was as if this spiritual, just presence of God, there was a heightened awareness of the things of the kingdom of God, had less desire for sleep, less desire for food. Like, I couldn't sustain that, but for those six days, okay, is that good enough to try? I'm trying to explain that, okay? So in that, the Lord gives me four things that I felt that at the time I thought maybe I was to do them all, or I didn't know what that was like, but had four things, and you can see them. One was there would be an equipping church that would equip the saints in the kingdom of God. This is before I met Sam at all. This was just, I thought we have to have a place where we equip saints to do the work of ministry. The second, I was really following the house of prayer in Kansas City and, and other houses of prayer. And I felt like the Lord said, in Wichita, we need a house of prayer, a, a place where people can gather for, for worship. Third, then clearly heard that, that he wanted me to be a part of a discipleship discipleship school to equip young people to burn for Jesus, to equip them in the kingdom. And then number four, I saw um, that there would then, out of all these things, there would be a missions base that would send people to the nations. And I remember when I got this and and lived day after day, I told Angie, literally, we need to leave World Impact today, like right now, because I have to go accomplish this now. Like there's no time to wait. 
And, and there was such an urgency in my heart that this was about the end times. This was about revival. And I felt like Jesus was coming back in three weeks. So, you know, we needed three weeks of work. Like I, I was so burning and yet there was soulish mixture in the middle of it. I remember processing a lot and even processing fun to see Bob and Kel went out, really connected with them, shared all day. And then Bob's like, he loved it. And he's like, great. And I think you're supposed to stay with World Impact and you just need to let that go. And it's just trust the Lord. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm ready to go do this tomorrow. So, so that was this encounter that I had. Spent the next years giving it to the Lord, that, that verse in Habakkuk 2. Um, says, write down the revelation, make it plain on tablets so the herald may run with it. For the revelation waits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. It will not prove false. Though it lingers, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. And so I realized then in that moment that I had to trust. And there, there have literally been times I've tried to accomplish this. I've told people about it and, and realized that would have been birthing the Ishmael, if you know the, the analogy, not waiting for, for Isaac to come. And, and because it's so deep in my heart, some of it is sincere, but there's lots in me that really wants to do this so that I can be recognized, right? There was a part of me that wanted to do this. And so the Lord has had to kill this thing over and over and kill things in me that probably still need to be, you know, you know crucified. But, but this part, I just keep giving it to him and then it would rise back up at times. And so this fall, as Sam's been talking about this place of prayer and and praying the Lord's Prayer, it keeps stirring in my heart. And I, didn't, I wasn't thinking of these blueprints. It was just like landing on me pretty heavy. We've been talking about it. And, and I've been sharing up here. And so on Monday, um, Jake and I were, were with some prophetic intercessors, worship leaders. We had a very powerful meeting in the morning. And then I saw the Ingalls before they left. They were in, they're on their way to DR. They're probably there. And I go to the, the prayer room. And I'm just sitting, and I was like, man, I love this place. I hadn't been in a while, and the presence of God's hitting me. Sam and I are texting, slip out. I'd get a coffee, do a marker, and I'd get back in. And just my heart was, was hitting, and all of a sudden, the Lord's like, yeah, you need to review the prophetic blueprints right now. Like, that's how he talks to me, asking questions like that. I was like, oh, yeah, the equipping. Oh, yeah, that's what, okay, that's Saturday night. And, oh, Reliance is an equipping. And Eldorado, I was like, that's happening, isn't it? And then he's like, yeah, what did you do with Jess? He's like, yeah, well, the discipleship school and kingdom equipment. I believe there's going to be multiple schools and presence is a part of it, right? There's multiple schools God's birthing. And then he's like, yeah, and remember Trek? It's like, oh, yeah, Trek's now in Wichita. Trek's this missions base, and they're starting this next year, and they're sending to the nations. And then it just hit me. He's like, is it time to see the house of prayer come to Wichita. This vision, is it time? And of course, when we say that Sam's going to talk about this, um, the house of prayer, we believe all of Wichita, we're to be the praying church, but is there something unique that our community, and it's just, so I had to go, it's like, Sam, do you remember the blueprint? Like, it just hit me. And so we talked about it. And so I want to, want to close with this picture. You know, it's not lost on me, um, the community that Jess and I talk about this a lot, that everywhere we walk is people with presence and and going after something. Um, But but for most of my life internally, I've felt so dry. And so 
the encounter that happened before this, um, in January of 13, um, when the presence of God hit me, it was so deep, and, and all I knew to do was listen to Jesus' culture like, and worship and read the word and, and pray. And so I started this fast, and I was at my dad's cabin that he built in honor of my brother. And, and for three days, I stood, that's the fireplace I took that last night. And I literally, I looked at that fireplace. I looked at fire, and I was just mesmerized by this fire. And I let it go, just non, like it was just kept more wood, more wood. And I just stood, and it was so hot, I'd have to open the door and let cold air. And I just stared at that, and I was listening to music on the fire. And I was reading a book and just thinking of this motif of fire. And I just remember his presence. All I can describe, it was an encounter with his fire and his presence. I remember coming home, and Angie would testify that. Like, I was changed. It was an encounter with the Lord. And, and yes, there was soulishness in that. But since then, it's like the Lord touched my heart for revival for our city, for our state, and what Jesus wants to do. And so I end with that um, to transition this fire. Anything else? Is that? No, it's good. So... There's so many pieces to this. Like I said, it's this puzzle we're unpacking that reaches back, honestly, 30 years in my life. But the phrase, the best we can discern of what is the house of prayer in Wichita, it involves two dynamics. This Lord spoke this to my heart. The family and the furnace. There's a family that's the whole body of Christ. I've been real jealous for this in the prayer movement that we wouldn't have this elite select group. I mean, you can't make everybody come. But I wanted everybody to know, biblically speaking, the house of prayer is not some special, unique group that, you know, the house of prayer, according to Jesus, is the temple, and we're the temple. It's everybody. We're the house of prayer. So we've wanted the whole family, every stream and dynamic and shepherd to be involved, and we've worked hard at that. And so we want to see the family uh, embrace the, the praying the word of God, have prayer culture. We're, we're believing, I'm believing for a day when church staff spend more time praying than planning. And I'm not trying to be judgmental, but they spend more time praying than planning. They spend more time in presence and, it's, and the leadership of the Holy Spirit than in what do the people want that will make them not bored and keep coming. I think the Lord's shifting the house of God in that way, and so I'm committed to the family. The family is the whole body of Christ praying in their own tribes and also with the whole holy nation at times, that all the tribes are together at strategic moments, i.e. us being part of mobilizing the church in Wichita and Kansas to walk in a culture of prayer centered in the supremacy of Christ. That's my long sentence for the family. The family is all of that. It's each individual. I want to see the Methodists develop their prayer, the Lutherans, the Anglicans, the, the tractional church that they really move into a house of prayer centered in the supremacy of Christ, and then they'll take moments at Coke Arenas and places where we all come together. We want that. We want it all across the state, but that's not all that we think the plan is. The Lord spoke to my heart that he wanted a furnace of intercessional inspiration in the city, a furnace of intercessional inspiration. So the furnace really is a location where the fires of intercession are kept burning on a daily basis as a team organically and prophetically prays and sings the word of God in the spirit of the themes contained in the Lord's Prayer for the savoring and the spread of the supremacy of Christ 
in all hearts and all nations. So we've got that sentence, and we'll send that out. These are long sentences trying to express big deals. But I want to say it again. There's a family, and there's a furnace. We're grappling with the furnace. I've never wanted the furnace that would then take away from the family. Oh, if I don't go over, if it's a Jesus life, if that's where they get started, I'm not part of the prayer movement. No, that's not true. Pray where you pray in West Wichita, on Broadway, in your own denomination. We're good with that. We love all turning of hearts to the Lord. Amen, everybody? We just want to see them praying. But we think there's supposed to be a furnace, a fiery intercession that burns. And so that's what touched Matthew. He sends me that picture on his text. He's like, I was looking into a furnace, into a fire for three days, and it was burning in my heart. And I think that this thing actually is supposed to be called that, the furnace, a furnace where we're worshiping and praying day and night, that it's known that in Wichita, there's a furnace, a furnace that's burning, and we're, we're going to actually figure out how to put that out into the homes, and, but we're going to move it from one location where we pray the Word of God and sing it daily and give our lives to that. And so, I'm almost done, aren't I? Am I done? You don't have to do anything. Come here. Ryan, Carl's been messed up about this for years, so it'd just be, oh, yeah, Carl, intercession prayer guy, beauty, gold heart. These guys have been touched in a little bit of way around this just lately, and they had no idea if they'd say anything, but I manipulated enough that here they are. So this is Ryan and Bree, who are, you know, gifted, strong worship leaders, and we've been working through and talking about this for a long time, you've helped me in the city prayer quite a bit, but then we started talking a little bit in the summer after the shutdown, we started doing five to six and it captured their hearts, what we do here. And we're, we're okay with people leading sets with known songs right in a row for a certain amount of time. We're not anti that. We're not doing that right now <laughs> uh, because we're doing more of a prayer, organic kind of thing, pray the word of God. But these guys have been touched a little bit in that. And so there you go. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll keep it short, but... Um... Yeah, I'm just going to read a familiar passage, and it's, and it's one that might be familiar to many, and, um, and it's just been grappling, you know, in my heart for these last few months. One thing I've asked of the Lord, this is Psalm 27.4, one thing I've asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. One thing, just one thing, just one thing. And I know there's um, many different, like, you know, up at IHOP, they had the one thing conference, but... You know, so much of my life has been about many things and, um, and just always chasing after the doing of, okay, Lord, what, what can I do for you? And, um, you know, Lord broke through in many ways three or four years ago, and I, I realized sonship on a whole new level, and it, and it broke me to pieces in such a beautiful way and uh, restored me to, a right, to the place that he, you know, created me for. And, and now I'm just like, man, one thing, like I, I understand that phrase, and I, and I, I was gripped about a month ago, we were praying, and, and um, I was gripped about a month ago, and I said, like, what, in what age do I put my stock in? This age or the age to come? And, and, you know, I was convicted in so many ways that I put so much stock in the comfort of this age, and the, and the yeah, if I get this, and if I can make, you know, this amount of money that I can provide for this, and do for that, and, and trusting in myself, right, and in horses and chariots, as a psalmist might say. I was trusting in the strength of what I could see and what I could do. And, uh, and so I, I was just gripped by this about a month ago, and I thought to myself, 
what do I want to be doing? What do I want our, my family to be, the church to do, be doing when Jesus comes back? And he says one thing, my house, we call it a house of prayer. And that's the one thing. There, there's such beauty in the secret place. In Matthew 6, 6, he says, when you go pray, you know, go do it. And the Father who is in secret will reward you in secret. He's the reward. And the beauty of it, that he, he's such a good father that the things we ask for, desired is upon his heart, like he pours out. So when we desire the one thing, many things come, like, you know, just the, the blessings and the miraculous and the healings. And, the, and so I was just gripped by that a month ago. He's the one thing, and I want to be doing that when he arrives, with, like with no other, like, I want to burn for it. So Apparently, I'm just supposed to come up here and cry in front of all of you <laughs> the whole time. Um, I just want to ask you guys, will you pray for us? Will you guys just pray for us? We've been fasting for the month of December. And this is like our conversation. I say conversation because it's a conversation we've had for two weeks straight on every day. And it's just, it's been burning in us for a while. And we have six kids and I had just started a business. And so there's like a million things saying, you have a million things going on. But I don't want there to be any question of what I'm up to when Jesus comes back and what my kids are up to and what my grandkids are up to. Amen? Like, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That's not going to be like an aha moment for some of us. We're going to be there. That's the place I want to be. And not only that, but that's the place I want everyone to experience the goodness of who God is in his presence. And every single time it's different and every single time it's good. And so anyway, I don't know. Will you just pray for us? <laughs> um, but we're excited about what the Lord's doing. And we, we want so much more of this. We want, we want to be in his presence so much more in every area of our life. But yeah, we just are excited about this. So I, I'm going to stop now. It's perfect. So it meant a bunch to me that bunch of, they're like, we're all in house. Everything's on the table. Everything's on the table. And so the Lord is establishing something here. Um, I could bring another guy, Aaron Martin, who leads words out of hope. Uh, we've been talking a bunch. Kim, Kim, uh, Bontrager is not here. We'll be leading next week. She's like, I'm all in. She's just so stirred by what the Lord's establishing. And, uh, so anyway, it's kind of a big deal. So we want to take a moment to talk about it. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Establish the furnace in Wichita that burns and you find you find a people doing what they're going to do for eternity. What we're up to is heavenly business, I pray. And I know it looks different for a lot of people and not everybody's called the same way. We, we just pray for freedom in that. But I ask for anointing and grace and no playing it safe, no trying to get money to be, to have the right this or that. We, we want to go all in, all in and you would have a burning fire, Lord, the whole family praying in Wichita, more prayer in the 100,000, whatever it is, believers in the city, God, a furnace burning in the midst of it that's inspiring um, the state. So, God, we love you, and we thank you, and we're trusting you to establish this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.